everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Nostalgia and Now with Laguna Biatch. As always, it Biatch. Did you hear how I said that? Laguna Biatch. As always, it's your host, Kelly. If you can hear creaking, I'm so sorry. I think I have a new upstairs neighbor, and I'm sure a lot of you have done the apartment living. And I mean, I can hear my neighbors like sneeze sometimes, and I don't know whether I should say like, God bless you, or just mind my business. I mean, I always mind my business. But lately, the squeaking from the upstairs apartment has been driving me insane. And I just have to say, I'm sorry if you can hear it. Um, I know that they don't mean to. You know, I understand apartment living. You're going to hear your neighbors sometimes. But I would like to apologize if you guys can hear my neighbors too. Also, if you ever see me like tagging where I live, I'm planning to move in May. In May, my lease is up. I want to move to a new apartment. And if you ever see me like tagging the new apartment (laughs) that I live in, Just ignore it. Just let it happen. (laughs) I do want to give a quick comment to our Texas listeners. I am so sorry everything that's going on in Texas. You know, I am from Massachusetts. I've moved to Nashville. And Nashville has gotten hit with a lot of winter weather this last week. Luckily, it's been nothing like Texas. But for a while, like my family back home, they'll be like, you should be able to handle it. Like, you're from Massachusetts. You know how to drive in the snow. Correct, I do. And I did drive this week probably more than I should have. But a lot of people have never driven in this kind of weather before. And also, these places aren't, like, equipped to handle um, the weather. So my thoughts are with Texas, with everyone dealing with the winter weather that they're not used to. If you are used to it, I hope that you can stay warm. But seriously, like, Texas was not prepared for these storms. Um, It has something to do with the electric grid that they're on. And I have gotten, like, so many... um, reviews telling me not to talk politics and all I can say is like I don't know a ton about politics and I know even less about electric grids so I'm just gonna leave it at that but I do know that they don't have the resources that you know they should but my thoughts are with you Texas um there are a bunch of resources there is a Instagram called up Texas and they have a list of a bunch of resources again my Texas people I hope that you are hanging in there And coming from someone who's from the cold, I know it really, really sucks. Another thing I wanted to talk about really quick, the DP Hue hair care that Justin Anderson makes. Um, I started using his products and it works really well. So I have psoriasis on my scalp and then on my back and sides. And honestly, I started using the apple cider vinegar scrub on my scalp and it has helped so much. It's crazy how good it feels. And then I use the rinse as well. And the rinse is so you don't have to shampoo as often. And apparently over shampooing can really mess with your psoriasis. So I give that product like 10 out of 10. Definitely recommend it. Obviously, I still need to keep on top of it with like different um, topical solutions, things like that. I don't think that this is something that can just be fixed with, you know, apple cider vinegar. But I'm changing up my diet, trying to exercise more. And definitely that stuff has helped the um, the hair care. Recommend it if you do have psoriasis. Also, a lot of people have recommended taking vitamin D and vitamin E. So I started with that. Hopefully we start seeing less plaques and all of that because I am on steroids, like a topical steroid, and I just don't want to take them anymore. A lot of people I know take pills for it, and that's awesome. I'm just trying to figure out how to do this as naturally as possible. I feel like we put so much into our bodies, and I am not some person who eats super healthy. I'm trying to be better. 
but I do want to try and step away from steroids, using steroids as much. And that's just like my personal opinion. Whatever you guys do, you know, that's fine. But I just wanted to give those tips if you are struggling with scalp psoriasis or just psoriasis in general. Um, the vitamin D, vitamin E have been highly recommended to me in a vitamin E cream from Trader Joe's, which I have not bought yet, but I'm planning on swinging in there at some point this week. I also hope you guys liked the interview with Troy last week. I know it was like an hour and a half, but I could pick his brain for hours. I got a lot of really positive DMs, so thank you guys for that. I know some of you went down the Hayden Penetier rabbit hole. If you are a newer listener, I did kind of a deep dive on her. As I say, I try and do deep dives, but they're more like shallow jumps just because I'm not as good at them as, say, someone like Troy is. But it is an episode, it was a while ago, probably over a year ago, and Hayden Penetier is in the title. So definitely recommend checking that out. I go into like her family life and some dark stuff that goes on in Hollywood for sure. That's why I was nervous to talk about it with Troy because I don't know if a lot of people, maybe they don't believe it or don't want to believe it, I don't know. But I know a lot of you really enjoyed it. I loved having him on. He'll probably come on again. I'm really excited about that. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else before I get into um, some other stuff that we have to cover this week. I don't think so. Oh, I am not doing Teen Mom or The Challenge this week just because Teen Mom OG is boring. Like, it is so boring. And I really want to like it. And I do like Cheyenne a lot. I actually like her storyline a lot. I wish they talked more about Ryder's condition just because it would, you know, bring more eyes to it because they, it's like a rarer condition. But I don't know. I just, I can't get into Teen Mom OG this time around. I think the Teen Mom 2 girls, they bring it. They bring the drama. They know what's up. Teen Mom OG, they're getting their MTV money, collecting that paycheck. No shade. I do not blame them. I would be doing the same thing. And then the challenge again, it's just kind of like, boring and I hate to sound like a broken record by saying that I still watch the challenge I still like it I just wish they showed more fun stuff I guess like on the Laguna Biatch's Facebook group I posted a clip that they took out and it was of Nani and Leroy celebrating 10 years of friendship like that's stuff we want to see we want to see them have fun and I know that they are wrapping up the challenge OG season Challenge OG. I think that's what it's going to be called. We want OGs. That was like the hashtag that they used. And like I said, my girl Katie Doyle, my girl Jemmy, like um, Beth is a part of it. It's going to, I hope it's going to be good because these people also know to bring the drama. Like, yeah, challenges are awesome to watch, but we want to see that crazy shit. Or at least I do. Like, I want to see messy people. I want to see messy hookups. That's why I watch reality TV. Are you kidding me? Ooh, let me take a breath after that one. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to end on this note. I feel like it's been very stressful lately, and I feel like I've been saying that every week. I feel like we're all collectively going through it. It's almost been one year since the total lockdown in the United States. I know other countries are locked down right now. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point maybe United States goes into like another two to four week lockdown. Will it happen? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. But I wanted to say one thing. One thing I've been doing lately is just laying on my floor stretching and it's been helpful. So if you need to like de-stress or something, lay on your floor. It's helpful. I swear it. I know it sounds really weird, but that is my, <laughs> you know how like during the recaps for The Hills, Lauren always ends with some kind of little almost advice, not really, I don't know what to call it. But anyway, that is how I'm ending like the intro of this podcast. If you are stressed, lay on your floor, lay on your back, lay on your stomach, just make sure you're on the floor and that shit will ground you. 
stretch a little bit, take some deep breaths. It's going to be okay, guys. We are going to get through this. I know it. So this episode, I decided to add a new segment called Keeping Up With Kristen. I feel like Kristen is the cast member that is always in the news, always being talked about whether she wants it or not. She is always just kind of in the middle of stuff. And I did listen to her podcast with the two guys, Austin and Craig from Southern Charm. It's called Pillows and Beer. And it's it wasn't a bad um, interview at all. I actually liked it. I know that they did re-record it after they did their Drunken Drunken Live and everyone lost their minds. So originally that's when they recorded their podcast, like that night or that, you know, the day after, day before, whatever. But Kristen ended up re-recording with them after all the Jay and Madison drama came out. And honestly, it wasn't a bad thing. I actually really liked it. I like Kristen's voice. I like Kristen's speaking voice. And one thing that she talked about, which is something I talk about when it comes to Kristen, is she's like, it's marketing. That's exactly what I do. That is how I work. I like to market. She talked about how she's going to be on the hills. And she said she's only doing like a scene or two scenes. She's not going to be on it very long, maybe an episode and a half. But basically she was like, yeah, when I go on the hills, I'm going to be giving the girls Uncommon James gift bags because that is what I do. I promote my brand and that is why I had a reality show. And that is not something Kristen hides. And that's something I give her a lot of credit for. She is very, very open about how much she wants to push her brand. Again, that's why she did Very Cavallari. That is why she's going on the hills so she can promote this new line of Uncommon James jewelry. She also said after all the Madison and Jay drama started, she just decided to make her whole story about pushing this new brand. And I think I talked about that uh, um, two or three episodes ago, but that's what she wanted to do. She's like, I have more eyes on me now. So yes, of course I'm going to push my brand and hopefully it's going to bring sales up. She didn't say that, but you know, hopefully she's going to sell a lot more items because she is out there just hustling. And that is who Kristen is. And I give Kristen credit for that. You know, she also talked about how she always played the game. She knew how to play the game. She knew who the producers wanted her to be. And I think she's been very open with that. I feel like she talked about that when I was allowed to, when I was able to interview her at the Uncommon James opening. I feel like she said, you know, I knew who I was supposed to be and being the bitch has never bothered me. So it actually, it's a pretty good interview. Um, Pillows and Beer podcast. Again, it's Austin and Craig from Southern Charm. Their voices are a little hard for me to listen to. I don't know what it is. They did a pretty good job, and it doesn't seem like Austin. I don't know if it was Austin or Craig. I'm sorry. I don't really know them apart, but I don't think they ever really watched Laguna or the Hills, so they talk about that a little bit, and overall, a really good episode, but that is all there is for keeping up with Kristen Cavallari this week. Now, at some point this week, I don't know how I ended up on the spiral, but basically somebody said Frankie Delgado was 10 years older than the rest of the Hills cast. And I was like, I don't think that's true. Turns out he's only two years older than Brody. So while I was doing this, I realized his height was listed as five foot six inches. And I decided, I was like, that can't be right. Like he's as tall as Brody. There's no chance Brody's that short. So I ended up going to Twitter and spiraling a bit and Jeff Epstein, our friends who our friend who hosts the Manic Podcast, he said, no way, he's definitely between like five, ten, six feet. So I decided to look up all of the heights for a lot of cast members on Laguna Beach in the Hills just because I was curious. And then I realized that the United States doesn't use the metric system. 
So I am sorry that these are not in the metric, whatever it's called. Math, again, you know, measuring, my dad's a carpenter, measuring stuff has never been like my skill. <laughs> so this is not in the metric system, I think that's what I would say. But basically, I hope you're ready because some of these heights really surprised me. And I also don't fully believe Google always when it comes to heights. Like it says Nick Jonas, I think it says he's like five foot eight and he's definitely like five six from what I've been told by people who have met Nick Jonas that he's not even close to five eight five nine. So we're going to go through some heights. Okay. Stephen Coletti, it says that he is six feet tall and Allie from the Rotten Bananas podcast. She has done a lot of the One Tree Hill like charity events. She said he's probably like 5'10", maybe 5'10 and a half. Definitely not six feet. Talon, it says he's six foot one. Jason, six foot one. Trey, 5'9". Dieter, six feet. And I don't think Dieter's six feet. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's that tall. Brody, six feet. Frankie, like I said, from 5'10 to six feet. Spencer is actually six feet tall, which I was surprised about. And I actually asked Annabelle, who hosts Adderall and Compliments. She's been, um, she's interviewed Spencer a few times and she did say he's like super tall. Alex H from Laguna Beach is 5'9". Alex M is 5'7". Kristen is 5'3", but when I met Kristen, I would say she's probably shorter than that. She's like a tiny little thing. Lauren is 5'4". Low is five foot five. Heidi is five foot two. Whitney is five ten. Stephanie is five foot seven. And then Justin Bobby is five foot eight. And Audrina is also five seven. So those are just some heights of the cast members if you were as curious as I was when I went on that little weird spiral that I was on. Oh, and Doug is six foot three. Just throwing that out there too. Now let's get into TRL where it's not live. There are no requests, but it's a lot of fun. And just so you guys know, I always record on Sunday. I know, I'm pretty sure I say that a lot, but basically these are the top 10 shows on Netflix and the top 10 songs on iTunes from February 21st. Obviously this comes out, you know, Monday night, Tuesday. So it might be different, but as of Sunday, the 21st, these are the top 10 movies slash shows on Netflix. At number 10, Bridgerton. Nine, Coco Melon. Coco Melon is holding on strong to this top 10. There's no doubt about that. Eight, The Crew. Seven, Tribes of Europa. Six, Firefly Lane. Five, Hotel Cecile. Cecil? Cecile? Cecil? <laughs> Number four is iCarly. Number three is Good Girls. Number two is Behind Her Eyes. And number one is I Care A Lot. So I did start watching I Care A Lot. I still have like 20 minutes left to finish it, but it starts off, it's kind of like tough for me to watch anything where nursing homes mistreat the elderly. I think that's like a normal thing. A lot of people don't enjoy watching shit about that. Growing up, my grandmother was always in nursing homes. I worked as an activities assistant with Alzheimer's residents for a little while. And that really turned me off, but I stuck through it. And I don't know, it's it, it changes a lot throughout the movie, right? Like there are a lot of plot twists and turns and you don't know who the real bad guy is. And I'm sure in the last 20 minutes, it'll wrap everything up for me. But Rosamund Pike is an incredible actress. I loved her in Gone Girl. 
And she plays like a psycho in this movie too. She's really good at playing those psycho roles. But do I recommend it? I don't know. It's just not my kind of movie. I That's what I have to say. I am, though, I don't know. I feel like my movie choices are all over the place, but this movie is definitely not my kind of movie. As far as iTunes coming in at number 10, Save Your Tears by The Weeknd. Number nine, Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. Number eight, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Incredible song, love that song. Number seven is Encore by Got7. Number six is Up by Cardi B. Number five is Blinding Lights, The Weeknd. Another one that's just holding on to dear life to this top ten. Number four is No Diggity by Blackstreet. Number three is Rise Up by Andre Day. Number two is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. And number one is Inner Child by BTS. Just on the music side of things, Taylor Swift and Haim dropped a Gasoline remix. That's the name of the song, Gasoline. It's the remix with Taylor and Haim. So I like it. I love Taylor's verse. I know I'm biased, so at least I can admit that. Also, Carly Pierce released a new album called 29, and it, I believe it's only seven songs, but it is really good. I really enjoyed it. Very sad. She drags the fuck out of Michael Ray. As you guys know, I've talked about their breakup quite a bit on the podcast. Really good album. Highly suggest you check it out if you like country music, because I mean, I would say it's more country than pop, but someone who really loves country music would say it's pop, so... Maybe just give it a try. Her song 29 is really, really good. And my top 10 movies of all time. I decided that was going to be my top 10 instead of doing songs. I decided to do movies this week. And in no particular order, I'm going to list 10. Okay, you ready? 13, Walk the Line, Almost Famous, Pitch Perfect, Silver Linings Playbook, Jennifer's Body, Sweet Home Alabama, Mean Girls, How to Be Single, and Coyote Ugly. Those 10 movies are like my feel-good movies. If I'm in a bad mood, throw on one of those, just kind of smile <laughs> and enjoy my night. Also, people wanted to know what podcasts I listen to, and I listen to My Favorite Murder. I don't listen to them as much as I used to, I will say that, but I do like them. I like Karen and Georgia, and they were the first like podcasts I ever listened to. So I don't know if it's just me being like, no, I've been with these women for like four or five years at this point. Like, no, I really like them. And then I obviously, I listen to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. I listen to Be There in Five. I listen to Manic, Jeff's podcast. I listen to Dunzo. I listen to Chicks in the Office. I really like that podcast. It's all happening with Amanda. I don't listen to that one as much just because I don't really follow Bravo. But if you like Bravo, It's All Happening with Amanda is a really good one. And then Adderall and Compliments. I really love Annabelle. I think she's awesome. But I am trying to get into more like true crime podcasts just because I can't watch the shows. They give me nightmares. So if you have any really good suggestions, I know like... There's the Crime Junkie and then a couple other crime ones that are really popular. But if you have one that's not super popular, just like DM me or put it in the Facebook group because I can listen to that at work. Whereas like if I'm home trying to watch, you know, a scary show, I will not do well. But if I'm at work listening just while I'm doing work, it's fine. How many times did I just say work in a row? My goodness. Let's get into the episode of The Hills, shall we? This is season four, episode four, and I know last week I was like, this episode's kind of boring. They're not bringing the drama. This episode, the drama is brought. The drama is here. The drama is ready. So, of course, we start with the previously on The Hills. 
We are reminded that Holly visited and Spencer feels like she's overstaying her welcome. Basically, Holly's going to move to California. Spencer does not want her to move to California, and that is that. We're reminded that Lauren breaks things off with Doug, and something I didn't catch last week, she goes, I'm sorry, Dougie. (laughs) I don't know why. They replayed that clip and it made me laugh. The tension between Audrina and Lo is turning into the tension between Audrina and Lauren. So Lauren is not very happy about that. And then she says, with everyone telling me not to trust Stephanie, now we're all going to Vegas for Frankie's birthday. So what could go wrong? I don't know, Lauren, what could go wrong? It sounds like everything possible could go wrong. But the episode starts off, it is Stephanie, Lo, and Lauren. They're walking on a private runway, like a a plane runway. (laughs) And they're getting on to Doug's private jet. And this is actually kind of funny. Stephanie goes, you broke up with someone who has a jet? And Lauren says, yeah, we're still going on the jet though, right? Good point, Lauren. Even though you guys broke up, I'm glad that you can still utilize the private jet. And Brody, Frankie, and Doug are there as well. They're all going to be flying there together, the six of them. And can I just say, I think if I flew on a private jet, I would feel like the absolute shit. I cannot lie. I have never been on a private jet. If you see me on a private jet, just know that I'm going to be taking a lot of photos. I'm going to be drinking champagne. I'm going to be living like that um, glamorous song by Fergie because that is how I'm going to feel. The idea of being on a private jet blows my mind. Maybe one day, right? Maybe I'll put that on like a vision board or something. But I just feel like a private jet sounds like the coolest thing of all time. But anyway, we all get on the jet together. (laughs) Yes, I want to pretend that I'm there. But we find out that Audrina and Justin are going. And then Stephanie asks why they're not on the plane. And all Lauren says is, it's a long story, Steph. And then Brody does a toast to Steph. And it's really weird. This whole episode, Brody is fucking unbearable. I know that some lately I've been a little bit tougher on Brody, but like this episode, he is horrible. And I'm like, he has to be more than just drinking. That's all I'm going to say. Allegedly more than just drinking. But he says, you know, Steph, we've been through a lot together and I'm not going to hold a grudge. Having a little Steph here is almost like having her brother here. And it just seems like a dig. Like they all just kind of look at each other and Doug makes a face and you can tell nobody wants to deal with this. Like Brody is always telling us he hates drama. Drama sucks. I hate drama. I hate being in the middle of drama. But who's usually the one starting the drama? Mr. Brody himself. Now the next scene, we are all in Vegas and they're all very excited. And Lo says that she loves Vegas. Steph says she's excited to gamble. They're walking through the casino and I believe they're staying at the Venetian Hotel. When I stayed in Vegas, I stayed at Bally's. It was pretty cheap and it's not a bad hotel. It's nice. It's connected to the Paris Hotel. I don't know if Bally's is still open, but if you're going to Vegas, I suggest saying, staying there because it's pretty cheap. Maybe not cheap. I think affordable is the better way to put it. But the girls, of course, have their own room and Lowe starts off right away going, Lauren, who are you going to make out with tonight? Doug or Brody? I think it's going to be Brody. No, Lauren says. I'm going with Doug, Steph says. I could probably just not make out with either of them because I've been there and done that. All right, Lauren, we see you. We see you with that little attitude. Lo then brings up the Brody toast and Lauren says it wasn't appropriate. She's like, I don't know why he did that. And then we find out that Steph is mad at Brody because Brody said that she is untrustworthy. If you remember the last episode, he kind of sits down with Lauren and he's like, don't trust that girl. She's no good. 
And Stephanie's like, no, I am a good person now. And basically what Lauren says, she's like, all you can do is show him that he's wrong. And Stephanie nods her head. She really wants to prove to Brody that she's not who she used to be. And at this time, this is when, so this is season four. And I think before the season started, all of the information about Stephanie being an addict came out. I don't know if you guys remember that. She had, I believe she had a DUI. And then we found out like she used to be addicted to meth and she had a really bad drug problem, but she turned her life around. So that is kind of the backstory that was going on in the tabloids that I think they needed to bring to light on the show. Because again, one thing that the Hills did and a lot of reality shows do it, they don't want to act like the cast is famous. Like I feel like Vanderpump Rules has finally leaned into it. But we, we were meant to believe that these cast members weren't, you know, especially Vanderpump Rules, I guess I'm talking about. We were meant to believe that they were all servers and not, you know, a pod, didn't have podcasts, didn't have books. But the last season, they really, they leaned into it way more. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. The backstory is that Stephanie did have a drug issue and obviously Brody's gonna really fuck with her. So just get ready for that. Like Brody is super unlikable this episode. We are back in Los Angeles at the Spidey apartment and Spencer is playing some gun arcade game. Like he's standing there holding two guns, just shooting it, fake guns of course, shooting it at the arcade game. I will say Spencer is a gun lover though. Like that's one thing I was wondering, cause you know, I know guns are a controversial topic and I was wondering if on the Hills reboot, they were gonna talk about it. They didn't, I don't think they ever will. But that is something that kind of popped into my head. But Spencer goes, about time you showed up. Are you working extra hours? Yeah, you're working hard, I can see, Heidi says. And of course, Heidi wasn't really working at Bolt House, but they have to keep that storyline going at this point. Heidi then says that Holly decided she's gonna move to LA and Spencer just goes, no, she's not. You can't control my sister, Spencer, if she moves out here or not. And I told her she can stay here and Spencer's like, no. And then he starts complaining about girly things in the condo. And he goes, you know, did she tell you I found tampons? And Heidi cuts him off. Like he barely gets the word tampon out and she just cuts him off right there. She's like, no, you're not gonna talk about that right now. But Spencer's like, you want me to move out? That's one way to make me move out. And she goes, so you wanna move out? And he just kind of rolls his eyes. And then he says, I know what this will do to our relationship. And Heidi storms away from him, slamming the door. She is not very pleased. So we are back in Vegas and the girls go to the boys suite. And the boys suite is really, really cool. It's almost as cool as the one that they were at Vegas season three, I think, or season two. But Brody right away is like, yo, where's Audrina? Long story, Brody, Lauren says to him. And I'm gonna play an audio clip of her explaining it. And then Brody's reaction, Brody no drama Jenner. So I'm gonna play that in three, two, one. Wait, what happened to God for real? It was Audrina and her friends sitting at the table. And me and Lo and a couple of our friends and then Audrina and her friends. She didn't say hello to me. I was like, Audrina, I literally had to yell her name like four times, Audrina, Audrina. And she's like, are you kidding? So and it was so awkward and silly. And I was like, can I talk to you for just one second? And she just goes, I'm here with my friends. Honestly, what am I supposed to do? I would honestly say, get out. Get out of my house. Because Listen, if I say that to her, if I say that to her, if I'm like, get out of my house, move out, it's done. We're not friends right. anymore. Well, it doesn't seem like she wants to be friends. I don't know what to do. Uh, get out. We have both gone into her house and sat with her and tried to like, work it out. Why? First of all, why do you because care? Why was, do you let her live in your house? Get her out. Like, so Yo. She was. He just said it. 
was. I understand why it's so hard for you to do it because you've actually loved her. But sometimes you gotta do what's best for I you. I just really I'm not looking forward to losing another friend. Okay, well how many times have you said the same damn thing? Get her out of the house and be on with it. So as you can see, this episode, Brody's really angry, like right off the bat. He is not in a good mood this whole episode, so get ready. But we are back in L.A., and Holly rolls up to the Spidey apartment, and the Montag sisters reunite with hugs. They sit on the couch. Spencer comes out, and he gives Holly a high five. He asks how long the drive was, and Holly's like 14 hours, and then Spidey leaves for a date night. It's kind of just like a quick scene and Spencer throws some shade about how they didn't know what time she'd be there and now they're going to be a half hour late to their reservation, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I love about this scene is that Spencer and Heidi are dressed like the total opposite for whatever this date is. She's in like a casual jeans, tank top, and a scarf and he's wearing like slacks, a button down shirt, a jacket, like a sports coat. I'm like, where are you guys going? Like, what is the dress code? Because I don't know if it's like early 2000s cool girl chic or if it's like Playboy Spence. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's just a quick scene to let us know that Holly is now officially in the building. And the only way that Spidey can have a storyline is if they just move their siblings into their lives. So we are back in Vegas and we see Audrina and Justin Bobby finally rolling in. They're also staying at the Venetian. And Audrina says it'll be interesting and she tells the Goa story, but she says like her side of the Goa story. She says that she told Lauren to just wait because she was talking to someone and didn't want to be rude. She's like, you know, Lauren, Lauren was like yelling my name and I was talking to someone else. And I basically said like, hold on, I don't want to be rude to my friend. And then Lauren got mad at me. And that is Audrina's side of the story. As we know, Lauren's side of the story, what do they say? There's three sides to every story. Audrina's, Lauren's, and the truth. That's what I do no matter what in life. Like, no matter who I'm talking to, I'm like, well, you know, there's Audrina's side, there's Lauren's side, there's the truth. And then Audrina says, there's been tension. We are growing apart. And she doesn't think it'll ever go back to how it was. She's like, you know, there's just too much tension. I don't think we'll ever be friends again. The next scene, we are at Cut for Frankie's birthday. And we find out it is his 27th birthday. And Frankie asks where Audrina is. And Brody gets defensive. Like immediately he's like, whatever, I'm sick of talking about her. Okay, Brody, what the fuck? And then Steph decides to stir the pot a little bit more. Because again, Brody is very on edge. I don't know what's going on, but you can tell he is very unhappy. And Steph's just like, I'm just going to make this worse. She basically asks Brody why he told Lauren not to trust her. Spencer's your family, right? That's your brother? You guys getting along? No, he won't talk to me. Yeah, why not? Why won't he talk to you? Because he doesn't want me to be nice to Lauren. I really don't think you should tell Lauren not to be friends with me. I never told Lauren not to be your friend. I told her I was skeptical whether she should trust you. I've known you for a long time and I know how crazy you are. What? That's, that's when I used to have a drug problem. And this is where I get kind of upset with Brody. Like, she's trying to be a little bit open about her drug problem. Like, clearly she was going through things, issues having trouble during this time in her life and he is about to throw that right the fuck back in her face yeah you were acting like a complete psycho i can't believe you're calling me a psycho right now and then doug jumps in and he's like let's just have fun guys let's just have fun let's do some shots i know lo wants to take shots and doug keeps telling brody to stop and brody tells steph to leave he's like just leave steph just leave i told her she's crazy i've known her a long time don't say i'm crazy yeah you're a little crazy 
That's what he says right back to her. And Steph starts getting really upset and Brody just looks at Lauren and he's like, you're my friend, I'm looking out for you. But Steph's crying and Lauren's like, do you want to go to the bathroom? And the girls get up, walk away. And Doug says a really good line at this point. And it's such like a bro line, but it's a bro that cares kind of line, if that makes sense. But he goes, wow, you're really out there making girls cry now, dude. And Brody just goes, wow, what a fun dinner. And they're all just grilling Brody. And I think Frankie's now wife, Jen, is with them. I could be wrong, but it looks a lot like her. But yeah, they're all mad at Brody for causing a scene. Then we get a little Vegas montage, as you do. It's of the strip of the Bellagio Fountains. And Lauren and Steph are back at the hotel room. They didn't even go to the bathroom. They went all the way back to the hotel room. And Lauren says, it's not easy to be the bigger person. Know what I mean? And Steph is just shocked by how nasty Brody is to her. And Lauren says the most Lauren quote of all time. Don't ever cry over someone who wouldn't cry for you. (laughs) I don't know why when she said that, I was like, Lauren, shut up. Not right now. Let her cry. I am a big advocate for crying. Like if you're upset, it's okay to cry. I'm giving you permission to be upset and cry, even if that person won't cry over you. And Steph's response to that is like, I can't help it, I'm upset. And then Lauren, and these are the moments where I'm like, Lauren wasn't a bad friend. To Heidi, she wasn't the most supportive friend. But again, they were what, 20, 19, 20 when they were going through all that bullshit. She says something to Steph and I was kind of like, okay, that's actually a really good thing to say. She ends up saying, you made some bad mistakes, but the point is you got help and you got better and you're a much better person today because of it and you're stronger because of it. And when she said that, I was kind of like, wow, that's like a really nice thing to say, Lauren. Like that is putting yourself in someone else's shoes to a point. Even when I was using, I was never mean. I was selfish But it was none of his business. It's none of his business to talk about me like that. And I agree with her. And then Lauren promises if something happens, they'll leave together. She's like, if Brody gets nasty with you, we will just leave together. And then Lauren says, and don't cry because then I'll cry and I'll have to redo all this. And I got a lot of blue going on. And all I could think of was the fashion show episode of season one of Laguna When she's talking about her eye makeup and Steven's like, you have blue eye makeup on. Does that mean you're sad? And she's like, no, I'm just trying to match my shirt. That means I'm happy. I don't know. I was like thrown back to that moment. And now we're about to have a lot of drama at LAX nightclub. Audrina and Justin Bobby show up and Brody comes at Justin Bobby hard. He goes, why isn't Audrina talking to us? Like, we're not really her friends. I'm not involved in this, but it's just like, and before Justin can finish his sentence, Brody goes, I know you're not, neither am I. I just want to hear your side. (laughs) Drink up and be happy it's over. That is all Justin Bobby has to say. Justin Bobby does not say much. He is a man of very few words as we know. But Lo and Audrina end up chatting at the club and I was like, oh, it doesn't seem weird. Like they actually seem very cool. And then Frankie asks Audrina, like what's going on? And she goes, the tension's been so bad. It's like the attitude, like whatever, Lauren, do whatever, I don't care. And Frankie's like, maybe you guys should talk tomorrow rather than just stay getting mad. And it's funny, re-watching this season, series, whatever, Frankie Delgado may be the most like stand-up man in this whole series. And I used to give him a lot of shit. I always felt like he was someone who just wanted to be famous, hung around with Lauren. But the way he's like speaking to them during his own birthday where he's clearly drunk and just wants to have fun, 
He's like very level-headed and I actually really love that. But Audrina says she doesn't care to talk to Lauren at the club. She's like, I'm not gonna talk to her, don't worry. So right after she says that, Steph and Lauren show up and it's awkward. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, staring across the club. Even though they're only like two people away from one another, Lauren keeps like glancing over at her and it's just awkward. But Frankie says that he told Audrina to talk to Lauren tomorrow because he wants no drama. And like I said, then there are a lot of awkward glances between Audrina and Lauren. And Justin says that they don't have to stay. And Audrina doesn't get why everyone is bringing everything up. So I didn't say this, but they ended up going to like a little table area, seemed like a quieter area to actually talk Audrina and Justin Bobby. And then Justin Bobby says, well, they care too much. And obviously you do too, because now you're frustrated and it's ruining your night. Justin Bobby coming in with some solid advice there maybe. But Audrina says she just can't do it anymore. And Justin Bobby's like, let's just leave then. Let's just go. And Justin and Audrina walk up to Frankie. And again, Justin says, we want to say hi. We don't want any bullshit. And all all, um, Frankie says, he's like, okay, appreciate you guys. Thank you for coming. (laughs) He's just trying to have fun. Frankie Delgado is just trying to have a good time. So they end up leaving and Lowe's like, did Audrina leave? And Lauren just shrugs her shoulder. She doesn't have anything to say to that. So back in LA, we are still pretending that Heidi works at Bolt House Productions and Spencer pulls up and calls Heidi. Heidi picks up and she's wearing this shirt that like you would never wear to work. It cracks me up rewatching it. You know the, um, there's like a picture of Paris Hilton that says stop being poor on her shirt. I don't know if it's real or fake, but Heidi's wearing a shirt. It's white with big pink block lettering that just says, I want more. I'm like, that's what you chose to wear to work, Heidi. (laughs) But Spencer calls Heidi and he's like, I'm out front, we need to discuss things and it can't be over the phone. All right, I'll be right down. Please do not come up here. So Heidi walks down and we get an alley scene between Spencer and Heidi. And Spencer starts complaining. She's, he's like, I walk out of the bedroom door and Holly is pajamaed out and she erased three of my shows from my TiVo. And Heidi just goes, you did not just call me down here because of the TiVo. I don't have time for this. What am I supposed to do? That's my sister. And Spencer's like, I'm already sick of her. She's too cozy. She's going to stay here forever. And all Heidi says, she looks at him. She goes, maybe get out of the house then. Maybe you need to get out of the house more. Burn. Sick burn. There's a part of me that really, really wishes we got to see Spencer work any kind of job. I think that would have been very fun to watch because Spencer obviously grew up a very privileged life where he just fucked up on his parents' money, in my opinion. I mean, even when he was arrested in Costa Rica, his dad paid to make sure he could end up coming back to the U.S. when he was supposed to go to jail. That's a fun story that you should look into. It's about him trying to bring guns back from Costa Rica, I believe. And he said that, like... He was asked about it and he was like, that's not what really happened, but that's what was reported at least. So we are back in Vegas at the Venetian and the girls are all tired. They talk about how Audrina didn't say hi to them at all. Lowe says that they ended up getting into bed at like 4 a.m. and they're all just super tired. Frankie shows up and they're like, oh, you hung over? He goes, yeah, I'm tired, I'm tired. And I just got a text that Brody and Doug are in jail. And the shock on Lauren's face is one of my favorite things. She's like, what, they're in jail? Yeah, I guess someone punched Doug and they all got in a fight, but yeah, they're in jail. And that is how the episode ends. That is how you end a fucking episode, right? That is how you end on a cliffhanger. And I actually don't remember that. <laughs> like like I said, rewatching these seasons, I love it because there are a lot of things I don't actually remember. And yeah, so that is how we end season four, episode four. We're starting to get really good. We're starting to get a lot of drama. And soon the iconic 
Mascara Tear will be on the screen. Now, as we round out this episode, we are gonna do our little pop culture brunch. Thank you guys for sticking around this long. Thank you guys for listening. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was Demi Lovato's newest YouTube. I don't know if it's a short series or a documentary, but I am excited for it. It's called Dancing with the Devil. And it talks a lot about her overdose. It talks about her getting engaged and then breaking up with Max and Rich, whatever his name is, Cry on the Beach Boy. But I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I really hope we get to see, like, the real Demi. Do you know what I mean? Because she's very good at putting on this act. Even when she was saying she was sober, she wasn't really sober. Her song Sober, by the way, is really, really good. I don't know if you've heard it. You should take a listen to it if you get a chance. But I'm excited. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I am always kind of rooting for Demi Lovato, even when she kind of flies off the handles on like social media. I don't know. I've always really been rooting for her. And I really, really hope that she is able to, you know, get a hold on her addiction and really live a healthier lifestyle. There are a lot of clips that were shown were of her partying and drinking and still just living the way that, you know, she shouldn't have been living because she was supposed to be sober. And I'm really curious on how they're going to show that because, as I said, there are actual clips of it. So clearly a lot of people knew that she wasn't exactly sober. She also said she had a heart attack and three strokes, which I actually knew from Celebrity Blinds. Um, I felt kind of weird talking about that just because I didn't know if it was like confirmed or not. But she did confirm that she did suffer three strokes. She is very lucky to be alive, and I think it's going to be a great documentary, short series, whichever it's going to be, and I will definitely be watching it, and I think it's coming out in March, so I will definitely talk about it on the podcast, of course, but I think it'll, it's just going to be interesting, and you know, I can only imagine how hard it was for her to not only be struggling, excuse me, my voice gave out for a second, I can't imagine how hard it was for her to not only be like, struggling with this personally and dealing with bipolar and I think she has borderline personality as well but then having to be like the face of it having to be like the sober champion of the world basically and having all these people look up to you when addiction is a really big struggle and a lot of people struggle with it so I can't imagine having to do that times a billion, basically, because you have all eyes on you. I hope Demi is sober now. I guess we will find out during the documentary. But yes, I will definitely be watching that. It looks really intense. It's probably going to be emotional. I'm probably going to cry. In some lighter news, Patrick Mahomes and his wife or fiance welcomed a little baby girl named Sterling. So congratulations to them. Even if, you know, even if Patrick Mahomes is brother annoys me. You know, when I put that in my story, a lot of people were like, well, you shouldn't dislike Patrick because you don't like his brother. I'm like, okay, you have a fair point. So congratulations to Patrick and his fiance on their baby girl. This week, we also got the trailer for Cruella and Emma Stone will be playing Cruella DeVille. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I'm excited about it. Am I going to watch it? Of course I'll watch it. I really like Emma Stone. I think Emma Stone is a really great actress. And I'm just curious to see how they go about it, I guess. Because when I think of, like, evil Disney villains that really scared the shit out of me when I was younger, Cruella DeVille was right up there. I think number one would be 
Jafar. Jafar really scared me. And then the one from Little Mermaid, what's her name? I forget what her name is. She wears like the Oshkosh Bagosh onesie for all of her tentacles. Whatever her name was, she really scared me. And then Cruella DeVille scared me. So those were my top three, like, no-go. I do not want to be around these bad guys. So it'll be interesting to see it. And I did see a tweet, and it was like, not them making Cruella DeVille a boss babe. (laughs) I don't know. I thought that was funny. So I guess we will have to wait and see. But if anyone can do it, I think it's Emma Stone. I think she's really talented. I think she's incredible. And I want to support her for this. I want to support her in this role. Over this past week, Olivia Wilde was also spotted moving in with Harry Styles. And you know what? It drives me fucking bananas that she's like putting stuff in her car and people are like, oh my God, paparazzi are all over her. No, she called paparazzi for that. I don't care what anybody says. She has been in and out of that house how many times? And then today they just, or whatever, Monday or Tuesday, they decided to just swing by and she just so happened to be packing her car with luggage. No. What she did is she wrote like love letters to everybody that's going to be on in that movie. The I think it's called Hello Darling or something. It's the one that she got Harry to sign on to. But everyone, of course, blew up the, the Harry post because they're together. But now apparently they're going to be moving in together. And I just think it's messy. I think it's very messy. I think it's very PR. And I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. I mean, and it doesn't have anything to do with age. You know, they're both old enough to make their own decisions. I'm not going to say that. Um, But I will say I think that this is very PR heavy. And I don't know what the angle is. Again, they haven't been spotted together for how long? At least a month. Maybe not a full month, but like three weeks. And now all of a sudden she's like posting this love letter to him. And then she's spotted moving out of their house, moving out of her home and moving in with him. And it's kind of like, all right, guys, what's going on? Like, come on, come on. When this, when you guys quietly break up in a few months and then ask for privacy, I'm going to say I told you so. Also, apparently Jason Sudeikis, who is of course Olivia's ex, is dating a model from England or something like that. So We'll see what happens with them. Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker are officially official. They basically announced it on Instagram and they are just being together. They are talking about being in love and Kourtney wrote this note to him, left him this note. It was like, I can't wait to completely ruin you or something very romantic like that. I weirdly like this couple. I'm into it. I like Travis. And Travis's book is really, really good. If you get it, I keep saying really, really. I always do that. I always catch myself being like, it's a really, really, really. (laughs) So when I say that, it's like, I promise you it's good. But no, Travis Barker's book is really good. It's really interesting. And one really interesting, a a part of that book is that he talks about how he cheats. He's like, you know, I do cheat. I cheat on women all the time. And when he said that, I was kind of like, oh, well, at least you're honest, I guess. I don't know. Speaking of the Kardashians, we have found out that Kim and Kanye are officially donezo. That's right. Kris Jenner put the call to People Magazine, to TMZ, to all of it. And they said that Kim and Kanye have decided to pull the plug on their marriage. They've been together like seven or eight years, I think, at this point. And I mean, I feel like we all saw this coming. When they were doing the separation stuff, I thought that was the divorce. And what is so crazy is I was on TikTok and there was this lawyer and she said, she said like a week ago, she's like, you know, they really pushed that they broke up like January 3rd or, you know, speculation started around that time. 
And basically, something about in California that the data separation, everything after that, which is like income, your debt, it's no longer like used in, you know, as your marriage, whatever it is. But anyway, they basically started that so early so Kim could push all that product and he basically won't get any of that money. So that's what I'm trying to get to. And she will not take on any debt from Kanye that has happened after say January 5th or whatever date it was. And I was like, damn, these people, these Kardashians, they're evil. (laughs) They're evil as hell. A little bit of a trigger warning, FKA Twigs was on Gail King, or she was on Today Show, I believe, and Gail King, was interviewing her about the alleged abuse between her, between Shia LaBeouf and her. Basically, Shia LaBeouf was really abusive to her and other women in the past. And FKA Twigs is coming out talking about it. Of course, Shia has denied all allegations. But one thing that I think we should all really take from this is, you know, Gail's like, can I ask you the question? She's like, what question? Why did you stay? And that is not a fair question to ask to someone who is in an abusive relationship. Um, I think that a lot of women are asked, you know, if it was that bad, why did you stay? And that is not fair. And not just women. I shouldn't just say women. I apologize. I know there are men who deal with domestic um, abuse as well. And I don't think we should be asking people in general why they stay in an abusive relationship. That is not fair. So I just wanted to come out and say that. And I applaud FKA Twigs for coming out and being so open and standing up for herself and standing up for other women. And hopefully Shia LaBeouf gets taken to court. And I honestly, I believe FKA Twigs, I will say that. And I know that Mia Goth, I believe her name is, Shia's latest ex, thanked FKA Twigs for coming out and talking about all of this. On a bit of a lighter note, Scott Disick dyed his hair pink. Hopefully Scott Disick is okay. I know that he has dealt with alcoholism and addiction and things like that. He does not look good. So my my vibes are going towards Scott Disick. Hopefully he can kind of pull himself together. I know he's dating a 19-year-old, which I'm kind of like, ugh, like he needs to stop dating these young, young girls. I mean, she's closer to like Mason's age at this point than his. But yeah, he dyed his hair pink. He's looking, he's looking like something. So one thing that did come out this week is that Nick Jonas is coming out with a solo song. He's trying to boost his solo career again. And honestly, I liked his solo music. I loved the song Chainsaw. I loved his Champagne Problems. And there's also a song, it was never like, I think it was released on like SoundCloud or something, but it's called Area Code. Nick Jonas' song, Area Code, is a really good song. It's allegedly about Selena Gomez, but I highly recommend you check that song out. Um, But he is going to be hosting and performing on Saturday Night Live. And I'm kind of like, this dude broke up the Jonas Brothers so he could have a solo career. And then once his solo career kind of flopped, I I don't think he had like a great solo career. He had a few bigger hits, but in general, I wouldn't say it was like huge. And I could be wrong with that, but I even know like him and Demi's tour. I went to that, the future, future of now tour. I don't know what it was called. None of my friends would go. So I made my mom go with me, but that was like not selling well during that time. But basically we all knew he broke up the Jonas Brothers and then he's the reason the Jonas Brothers got back together. And it's so crazy Like watching these documentaries on Amazon, I'm not, I never really was into the Jonas Brothers. I wasn't into their music or anything until they got older. And then I ended up liking Nick with his solo music. 
And once they got back together, I was like, okay, like their new music's very catchy. I don't mind it. But I think he brought them back together so everyone would stop being mad at him. And now he thinks he can go like solo again and have a breakout solo career. But I just don't see that happening for him. I'm not saying he's not talented. I just think Jonas Brothers fans right now are probably having some like PTSD of the last time that they had to deal with Nick trying to go solo. But a lot of Jonas Brothers fans did DM me and let me know that they already talked about how they already wanted to work on like Joe Jonas still wants to do DNCE. Nick Jonas still wants to do his solo stuff. But I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm calling shady on Nick Jonas. Also, in a celebrity fight that I didn't know I needed, rapper DaBaby decided to talk shit about Jojo Siwa on a recent song. And now Twitter is like sticking up for Jojo Siwa like crazy. People are like, dude, you're 5'7", she's 5'9", like you got nothing on her, she's a millionaire. Honestly, I just think that's such a random feud that I actually think is funny. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't think Jojo Siwa really cares about what DaBaby says about her because she has so much money. She is living her best life, right? Like, she just came out. She's having a great time. The fact that this rapper decided to, like, shit on her. I just think that's kind of a random, weird celebrity feud that I didn't even know I needed. I also wanted to let you guys know that I am working on a Pretty Little Liars deep dive along with a deep dive of the OC and the drama behind the scenes on that. I do think that the Pretty Little Liars one will probably be first. There is a lot of drama between that cast. That's all I can say. Um, As far as the OC, like I said, I'm working on it. Oh, and I totally forgot to say, Julie Cooper and Summer Roberts were spotted hanging out together. Yes, I know their names are Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark, but I said what I said. Do I know what they're doing? No, I have no idea what they're doing. But I am very excited for whatever it is. Even if it's like a Hallmark movie, I don't care. I'm going to watch it. Julie Cooper Nichols is one of the baddest bitches to ever grace a television screen. And you cannot tell me otherwise. Also, Summer Roberts was one of the first like fictional characters that I thought was awesome that I wanted to be friends with. I think the OC in general really opened up my eyes to my obsession with TV and fictional characters, like, I was truly in love with Ryan Atwood. Like, I believed that I was going to meet a boy from the wrong side of the tracks, and he was going to be a sweetheart, and we were going to fall in love and be together. Like, I was I was convinced that was going to happen. The OC was the first show to really make me, like, sick in the head when it comes to my favorite shows, followed by One Tree Hill and Friday Night Lights, of course. But the OC has such, like, a special place in my heart, And I feel like when I talk to a lot of people my age that it also has a special place in their heart. They're like, yeah, I can remember watching it on Fox and being so excited and being like, oh my God, did Marissa die in that alley? So whatever it is, I'm here for it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be so excited about it. But that is all I have this week, guys. That's really all I have. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, I'm going to get someone from Floribama Shore on the podcast. They may have to wait, though. I will tell you, they may have to wait until the show is kind of already starting because I'm not on, like, an approved list of podcasters for MTV. Fingers crossed one day that happens. But hopefully, we will be getting some more awesome guests. I already know that we have someone coming in March. I'm afraid to, to put it on the air just yet because a lot of things can change. A lot of things can happen, but it is someone from a boy band. That is that is your hint. And there are a lot of boy bands I know, but he was in a boy band. 
So that is my hint to you. And again, things can always change. Things can always fall through the cracks. That's why I get a little nervous talking about it. But I'm like, you know what? I might as well put it in the universe. Hopefully the universe will be like, okay, we're going to do this. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Actually, I lied. I wanted to talk about one more thing. So I take that buy back. I wanted to talk about Britney Spears and how they are shopping around for a lot of different documentaries. I basically put that up in my story again earlier this week and some people were like, well, you know, it's really great that people are talking about Britney more and doing all of that. And I agree, like it is important to bring the free Britney movement to people's, you know, forefront of their minds. Even conservatorships in general, I think that we should talk about them more and how they can easily be skewed into something really abusive and controlling. But I don't agree with them. You know, unfortunately, right now, Brittany does not have a voice, really, right? Like, she can't really tell her story. And I know that there are a few Netflix rumors going on that she is going to be involved in. But if her team is involved, then she just, like, then she still doesn't have a voice. Her team sucks. Her dad sucks. The people around her, I don't think, are very trustworthy, to be totally honest. And even if, you know, she's an executive producer, it doesn't matter right now. And yes, I do think it's important to get the free Britney movement stuff out. I think it's really important. But I also feel like this is just people trying to make money off of Britney like they have her entire life. Poor Britney. That's all I can say. Um, I do not want to support more documentaries. I think the New York Times one was great. Like I said, I wish they talked about some more stuff. I talked about that with Troy last week, but I do not think that using her as like a cash cow to even put together these documentaries is good. I think it kind of seems like she's already passed away with how they're making so many documentaries that she is just not involved in. And even if she is involved in them, she can't be totally honest because of the fact that she's being so fucked over by her entire family, by her entire team. So I just hope that within time, Britney can use her voice without her team, basically, like now, like controlling the narrative. But I am very scared for Britney. I am nervous that all this attention is just making them kind of hold on tighter to this conservatorship and hold on tighter to all of that. So I just wanted to throw my two cents in on the Britney documentaries that are being made. I do not support like a million of them being made. Because again, she is a real person. She's still very much alive. And instead of trying to profit on her, we should try and help her. Okay, that is my soapbox. I am stepping off of it. Um, And I really hope you all have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening. Listeners in Texas, stay strong. I know you're going through a lot. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.